Hello everyone and welcome to Life Wealth Podcast. My name is Jason Harwood, CEO of Life Wealth, and joining me today as always is James Vandaloo, head of Life Wealth's Investment Committee. Welcome, James. Hi, Jason. How are we? Uh, very well. How are you? I can't complain. It's been a busy couple of months. It's definitely been a busy couple of months. And uh, you know, for everyone who's listening and been listening to this podcast, I think we first started this back in August. 2019, so uh, predating the pandemic. I said to you just before we started recording that sitting in this room here at our office, it feels a little bit like the uh, an elongated version of the early days of the pandemic where we were coming to this room, what felt like daily, just talking about how challenging things are. Um, feels pretty challenging at the moment. It is. It's been a uh, been a tricky couple of months since we uh, since we last spoke. Uh, remember though, we had a nice little rally into into 30 June, and to be honest, we couldn't quite work out why that was happening, and almost thought it it, it wasn't a positive, even though it made you feel better at the time. That um, the facts, the central banks were tightening, was you know to try and make people feel bad and dampen consumer spending. We thought it was actually counterproductive, and um, now we're we you know we're, we're seeing the end of that ringing out process um, playing out. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I know there's some numbers you'll talk through during the podcast. I mean, there's any number of sort of anecdotes and a little bit of stat here and data there that sort of hit home just how bad things are, have been going over the last little while. Um, I thought we might come at it from a little little bit of a different way this time compared to how we normally do the podcast and um, revisit what we talked about in July July of this year, so three months ago on the last podcast. Um, so let's do that and we can use that as sort of the the basis of, of where we talk about where we are today. You happy with that? Sure. Very good. Okay, so um, July 22, you said that um, the recession could be by the end of the year, but not quite priced into markets fully at that point. Um, I'll give you a couple more. Um, three to six months of bear market to run as more rate rises to come. In fact, why don't we stay on those two for the moment? So um, recession could be by the end of the year, but not priced into markets in July, which you just talked about and three to six months of bear market to run as more rate rises um, on the horizon. How do you how do you uh, talk to those today? I'm pretty comfortable with those two predict- predictions still. Um, the market is off probably 10% since we caught up in July. And when I say the market, we're talking about the S&P 500, the US stock market. Um, Australia's actually pretty similar as mm. well. Um, so they've come off a little bit. Uh, is a recession priced in. By the way, um, I was supremely confident we were going to have a US and European recession. I still am. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know mainstream's really coming around to that that, that we're going to have those. So tick. I think they'll still happen. Um, and I think the market is starting to price it, but not quite there. And I'll give you some real quick estimates. Right. So, um, and I know we get, we, got, we get a lot of clients, um, you know, when markets aren't feeling good, they feel they feel horrible, you know, they see wealth down. Um, but um, if we go back to the end of last year before the rate rising commenced, remember the central banks were saying we we're going to have interest rates at zero for another two or three years. And basically what the market was doing with the risk-free rate being zero they were valuing the S&P 500 at 20 times earnings, right? Mm-hmm. Which is high on the range, but um, very understandable in an environment where you've you, you got Free no money. alternative, yeah. right? Um, 
Now, with bond yields going up from zero, and in the US, the 10 years, um, 3.88 today, um, the market has derated um, and saying, well, 50, so 20 is probably not the right multiple. Um, 16 is probably the right multiple. So the market has actually derated to 16 times um, future earnings, mm -hmm. which looks about right. Um, my problem with it is if we're going to have a little recession, um, the earnings are going to come off. Yep. So on my math, I'm valuing the S&P 500 at 16 times lower earnings. Lower earnings, And I, I, I'm forecasting about a 10% drop in earnings. Um, from those who uh, have traveled or pay attention, you would have seen the US dollar has been really strong. The Aussie dollar has been weak. Um, that's actually bad for corporate America, right? Mm. Um, so we think just the impact of the higher currency is probably 8% off earnings, never mind a recession. Um, so earnings will fall a bit more than that. So, um, you know, probably 10 at a worst case, 15. Yep. Um, I've used 10, um, fifth, uh, 16 times um, those reduced earnings gets you at S&P 500 about 3,550. Mm -hmm. And that's 3,650 today. 3,650. Yep. So we're... We're really close now to have um, pricing that in and being at a, at a fair fair value, mm -hmm. um, but sort of people lose sight of that. And then the recession will get called, people will panic. They might sell it down a little bit lower than that. So mm. um, it might end up lower on the cycle, but you know we're we're just about just about there. And and I think that's actually a really good point because I'll, I'll go back to something else you said in July and. And, you know, we certainly talked about this being, you know, not the greatest thing to be talking about, but this, this is the reality and what, what it's looking like. Um, you said at the time it could be another 15, 20% down from, from July's number, yeah. um, using the, using the S&P as an example of that. Yeah. This probably goes more to what you just talked about. Exactly. We're, we're 10 down and I'm saying it's pretty close to being um, the right multiple, but usually when you get a sell-off, it, it, it overshoots a little bit. Mm. Um, so if it sells down another 10%, um, that's actually pretty good buying there with um, with a medium term term view. So um, if it got through that point, you know we might not go buying in the first day because um, you know as markets get momentum, you just want to make sure it settles. But probably for the first time in twelve months, and all, all clients will know we've we've bought you no equities all year. It's been uh, been pretty boring going on on the mm. portfolios. Um, we'd actually start to um, want to add strategically to our longer term positions. Um, the Aussie market, I don't think we're gonna have a recession in Australia. I, I think inflation hasn't been as bad here. Um, and I know anecdotally it is in certain sectors, but across the economy, you're not seeing strikes and so forth. It's it's more orderly here. So, mm. um, you know, I think the central banks uh, won't go as hard. We saw the guys, you know, the market had priced in half a percent uh, a fortnight ago. We only got quarter of a percent. Yep. Um, there's a little bit more work for the RBA to do, but uh, we're nearly there. So um, the ASX might fall a little bit more, but I don't think the earnings downgrades are going to be as severe as the US. Okay. So let's stay on that. You mentioned interest rates, obviously, the the, the Fed and, and, and the Reserve Bank. Um, let's let's touch on inflation because I think it's obviously key to a, a number of things here. So, you know, people have listened to this podcast over a long period of time, you know, heard us talking 
um, our belief, your belief that it, it, it was transitory. Yeah. Um, that has been a pretty common belief by lots of people over a long period of time. Um, you also talked last time about inflation's um, peaked. Okay, so let's stay on those two for a moment, particularly the, the peaked, and then we can talk about that, how that goes to central banks and, you know, potential buying window and, and recessions, because um, I think it'll become clear the buying windows moved a little bit, you know, picking up what you just said there. So let's talk about inflation yeah, and peaking. I, I guess um, I have to give myself a cross on transitory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought we'd be through it pretty quickly. Um, it's taken a lot longer to get through. I, I do believe it's peaked. And uh, well, the numbers now say it's peaked because the inflation print's still high, but it wasn't as high as it was the previous quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still way too high. Um, hence, central banks are going to have to do some more work to get it under control. Um, that work, meaning still there's more rate rises, um, that's what's going to do the damage and cause the recession. Um, I don't see any, any way around that. Um, but it's worse in the US than it, than it is Australia. But um, it's global. It's everywhere. Like Europe. Who would have thought Europe, who's had no inflation for basically 25 years, would be printing 6 7 8% inflation numbers? Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a global issue. Um, I almost, it's almost through transitory. So even if I look back and we saw a big spike and it comes down, I think it's been around longer than, so you'd have to call the transitory guys a fail. Yeah. I was in that camp. Um, But I definitely think inflation has peaked. Uh, The the numbers tell us that and anecdotally you're seeing demand destruction now. Um, To be be fair though, it's hardly like you were sitting in a contrarian position saying that inflation was transitory. I mean, that was the, that was the popular opinion, um, and you know, yeah. central banks were working on that same theory. Yeah, it was, and I, I, we, we're probably not quite with the tech that we can bring charts into uh, into our podcast and give uh, clients and listeners something to to look at while we talk. But um, why I was so convinced it's transitory is a chart I'm looking at right now, and if we we went back to um, the global financial crisis in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, global debt um, has gone up by three times um, since then. So three times in 14 years. Yep. Three times in, in, in 14 years. Um, so if you've looked at everything since the stagflation crisis in the 70s, every interest rate cycle, um, you know, rates have gotten lower and lower, but then they'll have a cyclical lift up, mm-hmm. um, but they hit a brick wall lower and lower. So every cycle's peak rate has been lower and lower ever yep. since. And the, the explanation for that has been the amount of global debt. So mm-hmm. um, the bigger global debt is, um, the less work rising rates have to do to actually slow things down because yep. of the, okay. yep. you know, just the, the level of level of borrowing. Um, and it's the governments have got it. Um, so um, again, that's gonna happen. I think because of the inflation issue, We've, we're going to go higher here than, than we probably all thought. Yep. Um, I still think uh, it's going to be a fairly temporary measure at being high. And the minute inflation um, is back under control, um, we're, going to see, we're going to see lower rates. So I think rates will probably be lower than they are today in a year's time, mm-hmm. uh, even though they've got to go a little bit higher yep. uh, between now and then. Okay. So, so 
again, this is not to, you know, defend you sitting in the transfer camp. And I was, I was definitely there with you as well around inflation. But to sort of highlight, I think, how central banks got caught out as well, I, I saw this stat in the last couple of days that last month, 10 major central banks hiked interest rates a combined six percentage points. It, it is significant numbers. And it is just this, this overwhelming sense of desperately trying to play catch up. Exactly. Because, because of the debt problem and their genuine belief inflation would be changed in the street, they held back. They, they held back too long. Now they're trying to restore credibility by going really, really hard. The consequence of that is um, massive demand destruction in the economy. Yep. Um, recession, I don't think it'll be a bad recession, um, but it'll be a recession nonetheless. Um, that's what will be required to get inflation under control. Um, but then once that's settled, they're going to have to stimulate demand again and, and um, cutting rates is going to be the first tool they go to to yep. do that. Yep. Won't happen right, right away. Like everyone's waiting for the Fed pivot now, right? Um, when I was doing this analysis in probably March, April, I probably thought by now we would have had the, the Fed pivot. Hmm. The fact that it hasn't been transitory, it's been stubborn, we're not ready for the Fed pivot yet, right? So they're going to see demand drop off. They'll pause for a while and maybe that could be considered a pivot. It's going to be a little while before they before they cut, um, but cut they will in 2023. And this is the point about you know economic indicators are always important. You know you take this this data and that's going to drive the outlook and you know what's being priced into markets. But you know it's always critical in a time that we're in right now. I mean you know the economic indi- indicators are critical. So um, the the share market in the US just nosedived on Friday. Always nice to wake up on a Saturday morning in Australia and have your weekend start off seeing that. Um, you know, why did it why did it nosedive? Um, you know, labor market in the US, yes, it cooled off, that's what the data said, but nowhere near at the level of, ex- of what the expectations were. So that then uh, says to you, well, they're probably gonna go 0.75 again uh, in, the next, in the next cycle, which is four months in a row. Yeah. It's huge, and it's going to do a lot of damage. There's going to be a delay. Um, what the market was hoping for, it was seeing signs of the pivot, right? The RBA um, not raising by as much. Um, the instability that's happened in the UK, and you've seen the pound mm. uh, go whooshka. So they're starting to see the cracks in the system yeah. and say, oh, we're close yeah. to the pivot. And if there wasn't inflation, pivot they would be. They'd be cutting. They can't. They can't. So it's going to be a little little longer. Uh, that's going to cause a recession. That's going to cause earning downgrades. Um, so there's a little bit more to play out before we can get excited. Um, but if you rip all that apart and just look at the vowels, um, the vowels look okay, hmm. right? Um, there's no panic. There's, there's, there's no panic at all. The market, well, I've probably said this this whole downturn, is actually doing a pretty good job of remaining uh, rational. Yep. Okay. So uh, a couple of things we talked about there. Do you want to stay on central banks and um, I guess how they're reacting or do you want to talk about market valuations and then looking at a buying opportunity? Yeah. So so central banks um, have just absolutely done, you know, they've really done, you know, Phil Lowe didn't raise rates for the, the whole time and they've just all gone bananas. Yeah. This year, so the remember the dot plots. If we believe the dot plots, 
Uh, we were still meant to be at 0.125 in the US next year. Um, we're, we're at 3.75, right? So that is a massive difference and it's happened very, very quickly. Um, you know, so while the Fed has still got more work to do in the short term to go up, um, the market is immediate, the medium term views are lower than where the Fed's at, yep. right? So the market isn't thinking we've got these high rates and they're sticking around. Um, they still believe um, that rates will be where it's will be lower. So that means we we get inflation under control, um, probably because of demand destruction from a recession, and then um, they will stabilize at a higher level than where we were, yep. um, but lower than where we are today. And um, right now, that's. Uh, more like two point eight percent. So you know, you it's been floating between two and a half and and three and a half as the as the forecast. Yep. Um, now I think that you know seems about reasonable to use that number as your long term forecast on what to value the market at. Okay, so let's stay on, on valuation of market because that's the, the natural place to sort of um, you know make that segue. So a, a couple of things I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, we talked about and, and we need to be aware of. So um, uh, in July, I talked about the fact that, you know, three to six months of bear market to run. I, I think the overriding sense from this conversation and what we're seeing is uh, we're probably three months behind where you, we thought that would be. Is that a fair comment, first of all? I think so. Yeah. You know, I, I think most of the most of the, the hard work is done, though. So yeah. we're nearly there, right? We're... Um, we're probably three quarters through the bear market. Yeah. Okay. So then, then based on that, you know, uh, we talked in July about summer could be the time that the buying window opens up. It's potentially more like a, an autumn southern hemisphere for that buying opportunity to open up. Is that what you're thinking? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, so what I think causes the final flush is the earnings downgrades. Yeah. Right. So. Um, You've got a plethora of companies starting to report, you know, in the next few weeks. So we're going to have an earnings season, and if those downgrades start to come through, well, then um, again the market weighing machine will start repricing at the lower earnings, and then they might get too pessimistic. And then, um, you know, I've said I think sixteen is a fair multiple for the market. There's no magic formula that tells you that sixteen is the number, and it's not twenty, and it's not fourteen. When people are pessimistic. They're conservative. They say, well, I only want to pay 14 times because the, the future looks yep. uncertain. I think where interest rates um, end up over the next decade, I think 16 um, will be good value and mm. will do really well from there. But, um, you know, if these downgrades start coming through, people get pessimistic. Think, We're going to have a long recession. It's going to be terrible. We could have a nuclear war. And, yep. and we might. You know, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, but... Given I don't think um, we're going into structurally higher interest rates for a long period, um, higher than what we were at emergency levels, but lower than we actually are today, um, I think that'll prove to be a pretty good entry point. Mm. Well, because part of the issue about you know a long recession is there is still strength of underlying demand, which is why this inflation is struggling to be moved. Absolutely, like we're talking a very high macro level, and you know. Um, there's always great businesses and, and you know structural growth stories where they're going to grow earnings, even through a recession. Um, just the weight of negativity on the markets mean it's been a pretty tough year. It doesn't matter if you were good or bad, you got you got thrown out. Yep. Um, 
so uh, yeah, we're getting close to a, the chance to actually go and look at some some businesses we want to own. And we've talked about the marketing before. It's it's irrational. It's fear and greed. You know, I like to think that there's rationality behind it, but gee, there's a lot of irrational yeah. and, and irrationality. I, I think it. when I was a bit younger, I wanted to try and fight it and go, well, this is a great business, so it mm. doesn't matter. And mm. I still got still got hammered and might have been right in the long term, but um, whereas this cycle, sort of just stand out the way of this. It's no point trying to fight it. And when the tide changes, um, that's when that's when we'll go. And I won't get that bottom point perfect, but um, we're getting closer to a point where you go, it's starting to look pretty good. But many of our clients can hear in, in what you've just said that the reason that financial advisors, us of course, but you know most financial advisors talking about you're not investing everything all the time. You are holding things back to protect you so you don't have to access money when things are going not so well in the market. Yeah, valuations well, are down. That, that's exactly right. It's very few clients that are absolutely fully invested at all the time. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I often debate with clients and they say, well, James, you, you thought the market was going to go down. Why didn't you just sell me all out, mm. you know, um, and, and buy it back? Well, one, you think that, but you never know the future for sure. Um, but really, it's really hard thing to do and get the entry points right. So um, I've always worked on if you think you're in a tough environment or, or the market looks fully valued as it was, well, you, you might reduce your exposure a little bit or yep. not invest your, your savings so you're building up a war chest. You, you're just trying to smooth the journey rather than make absolutes. And then you've got other factors like tax and so forth that makes it yeah, of course. almost impossible. Yeah, without a doubt. So, so again, it's just this this mm. structured long term view on everything. Yeah, which is about which is about yeah. individual clients' needs and goals and and, and long term outlook rather than what's happening in this particular quarter. Yeah, and you know, all clients are you know we're not all exactly the same in the way our portfolios are built. Um, but you know, I, I had a really good look at my particular clients' portfolios um, over the last week, and. Some clients were positive for the 12 months. Some, um, if they were more exposed to the market and traditional and bonds, um, were a little bit worse. The, I think the worst I saw was down um, 11%. Um, the US market is down well over 20 and the bond market is down um, over 20 as well for the year. So, um, you know, a client might think, well, oh, that's terrible, I pay you and um, you, you delivered a negative 11% so far this year. Um, but the way I look at it, um, you've sort of softened the, the downturn a little bit. When things turn, to make up 11% um, when the market rolls, you can do that very, very quickly. So um, I actually think that's a reasonable job. And some clients would agree and some would go, oh, no, you know, I, I want absolute return all the mm. time. Um, not if you've got too much money in, in equities. It might be okay for the wholesale clients that can use private investments, but um, for a lot of clients that need liquidity and uh, need exposure to public markets, it's, it's not actually, it's not really possible. So you've got to look at it over a, a few years and most of the numbers are still uh, still pretty good. And there's always trade-offs, always trade-offs. Yeah. There's always trade-offs. And I think a good way to look at this is after COVID, we had a 18 month boom in markets where things went up. Um, now we're having, 18 months uh, the other way because it, you know, perhaps went a little bit too far and and you, you've you got the, the, the hangover party. Um, but if you look back over the period, the numbers will still be still be okay. And, and, and the world and the global economy 
um, will move forward and good businesses will make more money. Um, the earnings at that index level will rise over the next few years. The market will be worth more and will will make some money. Yeah, and there's fundamental drivers of that as well. You know, we talked before about uh, at different times about fundamental drivers in Australia. You know, there's 10, 10, over 10% of everybody's income, their PAYG income, going into superannuation. Mm. So therefore, that money needs to be invested in all those sorts of things. There's macro drivers around the world. I mean, the world's become, individuals around the world are becoming more affluent than any time in, in history. Um, you know, emerging Africa has more wealth, emerging India, emerging China. Um, the population's about to tick over to 8 billion. It doesn't feel like that long ago when we were talking about the population being 6 billion. Yeah. There is the opportunity for good businesses yeah. to be successful through um, market cycles like this. Exactly. And and property. That's probably a little good segue you've given me into property because I often get asked what my view is there. There's a few more rate rises to go in Australia is my opinion. Um, the rate rises we've had, there's a lag on the effect they have on both the economy but also people's borrowing capacity because mm-hmm. they get their pre-approvals. You know, six-month-old pre-approval rates are a lot lower than they are now. So the pre-approvals now, the borrowing capacity is... Um, going to be a lot less than what it was. So the short-term view is probably the property market gets a little bit weaker over the next six months here in Australia. Uh, But medium term, I'm actually pretty bullish. So uh, if someone was thinking about getting into property, I think it might be a little bit too early, but over the next six months, it's probably not going to be a bad time to look because um, the, the borders have been closed. We haven't had migration here since COVID. They're coming back. They're coming back big time. Look what's happened overseas. Um, there's more trouble. We are a great place to live in Australia. We're going to um, get more migration. And as I said, if I believe interest rates will still be relatively low, um, I think um, the property market will rebound really strongly once we get through this um, period we're going through. Yeah, and clearly there is a long established affection for property in Australia as well. You cannot get away from that fact. I mean, it's half the, sh- it's half the shows on TV. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, very good. Um, I think you've really touched on bond yields. I mean, bonds have been Bonds have been, been hard. And I thought bond yields peaked around June, July when we last caught up. And I said, um, you know, I think it's not a bad time to start adding bonds because you get a reasonable yield. Um, that's been wrong. So uh, bond yields have risen further. They've gone from 3.3, 3.4, all the way up to 3.8. Uh, and I think people were getting really nervous a couple of weeks ago that they were going to keep going. And that's what started uh, causing a few cracks around the place. Um, I reckon we're really close to bond yields peaking. Um, I'm probably not going to be brave enough to say they have peaked because I was wrong last time. But I actually think they're not a bad investment here because you're going to get a decent yield uh, today, unlike what you could have a year ago. And um, I believe as that recession kicks in, they will come back down. So you'll get capital growth plus plus your yield. Um, so I still like bonds, even though I might be a little bit, little bit early here. But it's an amazing thing, and I think it's just worth us touching on really briefly, just because we're, we're, we're starting to run a little bit long. But... Um, how the philosophy of, in, of investing, this is sort of 200, 250 years old, this type of uh, theory, which is the negative correlation between fixed interest bonds 
and and equity yeah. shares. Do you want to quickly touch on that? What what the normal philosophy would be and what we've seen yeah. in this period? Well, for for most of the last thirty years, it's been correct, mm. right? Um, bond yields have been coming down, so you got less income, but you got capital growth um, on on your bonds while the equity market's been strong. Yep. Um, from ultra low rates, and we had nearly when rates were zero, we had nearly nothing in bonds because um, there was no income yield yep. and they couldn't get much lower to give you any more capital growth. We'd yep. actually hit yep. um, their limits. Um, so from there, the only way was the other way. And as yields have come up, the, the bonds have given up capital gain. And that's yep. why I said um, it had been a negative 20% return, which mm. has been correlated with the with the equity market. Um, so I think that's going to roll over though and change again and go back to the more traditional way because... If we do get a recession, um, then the market thinks, well, interest rates have to come down, bonds start pricing that in, money goes there for safety, they'll bid up the value of the bonds. So I think they will be a good little hedge for us um, over the over the next period. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you bought a, a, a bond today and you can buy decent credits in Australia now and suddenly get four or five percent, we you could get nothing mm. um, you know, 12 months ago. So um that stacks up on its own um, for a bit of diversity. Then if you get a little bit of growth on top of that because the yields come back in right. and that's too valuable, um, good. So I, I'm i not panicking about bonds, even though I've looked a little bit silly in the mm. last few months. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for that. I, I guess the question is always, uh, you know, where to from here? Where to from here? So um, I have had clients getting a little toey. Wanting to invest some money. Understandably, um, quite right. And, um, you know, other than a few sort of wholesale deals or, or, or private credit, we've been just letting this play out. So, um, you know, what am I looking for to really go to clients at a broader level and say, you know what, I really want to start mm-hmm. investing some more? Um, it's obviously long-term interest rates to peak. Um, so that's the bond market. I think they have but it's probably not a consensus view yet. So we'd want to see the graph tip over a little bit and then start coming back down. And again, just, I just want to reiterate something. This is the bond market interest rate. Not rates, the central not banks. Central, bank central banks are at the short end of money. They're pricing mm-hmm. it. So they've got a little bit more to go. While we all know it's going to happen and won't feel good, that doesn't really matter in the long term. The bond market is the boss. Yep. Um, I want those earnings estimates to come down from US. So I want the market to see the downgrades in earnings and know that they've priced it. Um, you know, I think that's going to happen over the next three or four months. Um, and just a little bit more time to pass. Um, so we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Probably gets a little bit lower, um, but it's not the end of the world. Um, I'm you know, actually quite, quite comfortable with the outlook. Um, I don't think we're going into a GFC or any this horrible recession. I think it's a garden variety recession caused by demand destruction from monetary policy tightening. Exactly what they want. I was just going to say, you've said this over many, many podcasts. I, mm. I haven't gone back to check how long it's been, but I think it's been a good part of all of this calendar year. Um, this has been manufactured by the central banks. Yep. Yep. Yep, we're nearly there. Okay, thank you for that. Um, James, anything else you want to cover off before we uh, finished up? I need to give a couple of clients some um, congratulations. We don't usually talk about uh, our, you know our clients, and you know we have many fantastic clients, but uh, 
we have a Brownlow medalist. So congratulations, Cripper, on your Brownlow win. Uh, Well-deserved. Uh, couldn't happen to a, a nicer gentleman. And the other shout-out I wanted to is to the Premiership captain, Joel Selwood, who's obviously uh, retired. And uh, I just couldn't think of more of a fairy tale ending to uh, to a, what's been a sensational career. So well done, Joel, on uh, becoming a Premiership captain. It, it really was sort of 10 or 12 days of, of celebration of someone's career. And, you know, if anyone deserved it, it was it was, it was clearly Joel. But uh, it really was a celebration. It was one of the most extraordinary press conferences I've ever seen. It was it was amazing. It, it, it sure is. So um, that's probably enough of that. But um, they were two pretty amazing, amazing efforts. And obviously, they're very public. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, you know, congratulations on behalf of the entire LifeWells team. I know there were some, you know, incredibly happy people within our business for, for both um, Cripper and Joel. So, excellent. Thank you, James. Um, oh, look, I, the one thing I would say in all this, it, you know, it feels like challenging times. Hopefully what um, we're trying to get across is that, yes, they're challenging times, but no more challenging than any more that have been faced over the cycle of investment markets and investments over over you know, a long, long period of time. And um, it's not a time for panic. It's a time for, you know, remaining calm. There's strategies in place. There's a plan that actually accounts for these things, regardless of the things that drive them individually. There, there is a plan in place for this stuff so we can get to the other side of the cycle. Yeah, so usually the time for panic is when things are going really well, mm. um, which is probably where we were a, a year ago. Mm. Um when there is a lot of panic around and there's a lot of negativity and there's bad things happening in the world, it's usually in the price or pretty close to in the in the price. So um, you get to a point saying, well, just as we're going through a bad patch, we'll have a good patch again. Mm. Um, and if you're buying things during the bad patch, uh, they get repriced up when things feel good again. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're close to that time then. Uh, than the other way around. Yeah, agree. Um, as always, the entire LifeWell team here is available, um, you know, email, phone, whatever. We're, we're always here to, to talk through that. I mean, this is a pretty consistent with every advisor we'd be telling you at LifeWealth, we meet in our investment committee and talk through where things are at and, you know, how we're making these decisions and what the outlook is. So um, as always, please feel free to uh, make contact with anyone at LifeWealth and we'll happily have those conversations with you. Uh, James, thank you as always. Really appreciate it. Good to catch up. Uh, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Cheers. Okay. The information in this podcast is intended to be general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. Therefore, it does not constitute and is not intended to be financial services advice. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional personal advice from your financial advisor.